Well, we've been talking about on Wednesday nights about believers' authority, right? And uh, using the course, Believers' Authority from Andrew Womack. Of course, uh, we're not going to do all that course. We're doing some other things. Tonight, I want to do what I really feel led to do. And uh, for Chilton County, this is spring break week, uh, which they tasked it to Easter, which I guess is good or it ain't good. I don't know which one. So we got some folks out of town and... And uh, some not, and some here, and some lazy, and some whatever. Hallelujah. Just kidding. <laughs> but you know what we keep on doing? Driving the bus. It's like the bus driver said one time, he said, well, what do you do if you go down that street, and that little girl's supposed to pick up ain't there? He says, go to Nick's house. He said, drive the bus. Just keep driving the bus. Keep driving the bus. Um. I had a little uh, thing this morning. Um, I really was going the other direction that we've been going in. And um, kind of heard some things uh, just in my spirit that I, I knew what it meant when I heard it. And he knew he was going to be here. So uh, this might be a really good tune-up for us. How about that? And it'll still go in line with what we're doing. If you will, go back to Genesis. So I, I'm going to do my best to make sure I don't say anything that you don't already know. Did you hear what I said? I'm doing my best to make sure it's familiar. Hebrews said that we can know something, be taught something, have some knowledge on something, some understanding on something, but forget to operate in it. And uh, because we're not operating in it, we don't receive the benefit of it. Um. We can know the benefits that belong to a gym. Matter of fact, I, I have a gym membership. I don't know what the inside of the building looks like. <laughs> but my wife goes in there occasionally. Some say, well, you ought to go. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll cut my grass and you can cut yours. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good, right? <laughs> so it's, it's not that we don't know some of the benefits of, of being involved in gym or whatever it is. Uh, whatever the subject is, nutrition, whatever it is, the word and anything. Uh, but the, the, the word that's really working for us is the word that's uh, being established in our heart. Amen. Um, you can belong to different, uh, a different type of uh, organizations or churches that have an emphasis on different things. Uh, you, you could belong to, you know, some churches are are real big on fellowship, and that's, that's about all they do. I mean, they're just really big on hugs and kisses and potluck dinners and getting together, and that's great. We need fellowship. Some are word churches, and their focus is always on the word. That probably hits us pretty good square in the eyes. Some are all about worship. Certainly, that's important, isn't it? Some are all about evangelism. I mean, everything's about outreach, everything. And... Uh, Certainly, we need that, right? But you could you could belong to an outreach church, that, an ardent, I mean, a very ardent soul winning church. But that don't mean that that you're soul winners because you're in that church. You could say, "Man, I go to the soul winning church. Well, that's awesome. How many people you want? Well, none. Well, that doesn't mean it's that's something that you're doing. It just means somewhere you belong, right? 
And so uh, <clears throat> these are some things that, uh, that I want us to, if nothing else, just to get a little tune-up in. And because uh, I believe this is what he wanted me to hit tonight, Genesis 1 and verse, uh, we've been talking about the believer's authority, so this is still the same thing. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Uh, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Some of it I'll read from the King James. But uh, verse 26 in the New Living, God said, he's talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God said, let us, when he says let us, he's talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That they will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the, air, and the, birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Verse 28 in the King James says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over everything that moveth upon the earth. New Living of that verse says, God said, Bless them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern it. Uh, King James says, Has dominion, same thing. New Living says, uh, govern the earth. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. So we see here that we're made, he said, in his image, in his likeness. He's given us his authority. He's given us, uh, he's given us his dominion. Uh, he told us to, to govern or to reign. Now, uh, and I'll, I'll just quickly get to this uh, because I think this is where he wanted us to go to. Uh, Numbers 23.9, you don't have to turn there. Uh, I'm not going to turn to this verse. I've got it written down, but if you're making notes. It says, God is not a man that he would lie. Neither is the son of man that he would repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? In other words, God spoke something. And he says, I don't lie. I don't need to repent. What I've said, don't you know that I'll do it? And hath he spoken, and, he, and he, shall he not make what he spoke good? Now that, that, that'd be good news to you, especially if you're looking towards a promise and you're believing for the promise that he says, what I spoke I will do and what I say I will make it good. So he always speaks the truth, and whatever he says goes. So let's, let's take this with us forward tonight is what we're going into, uh, talking about the believer's authority. And these are things that I know that you know, but uh, I, just going there and uh, pulling things together makes me more aware of what I need to be aware of myself. So... Uh, it, it'll, it'll help all of us if we take it serious. You go with me to Psalms. You need to see this verse, Psalms one forty one. And I don't really give titles all the time, but what he said to me was, he said, "Tell him to close the door." He said, "The door is open." And 
When he said that to me, I knew what he meant. Tell him to close the door. That's given access to the enemy to work against them. Psalms 141, verse 3. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. New Living says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Now, in one sense, you know, he's not controlling what you say. You have control over that. But it's talking about having a guard or having a watch. And, um, yeah, so what this verse is saying is, or you could say it this way, the words that I say, the words that I speak are letting things in your life or they're getting things out. What you speak, what you say is allowing things into your life, good or bad. Or it's getting things out, right? Now, we're in Psalms. uh, I think it's Psalms 39. And I want you to see these verses. The reason I'm going to take a little extra time. Psalms 39. Now, remember, we're made in His image. We're made in His likeness. We could have read the whole chapter of Genesis and creation and God said and God said and God said and he created this and spoke this and called light and such as this. And we know that everything that God said, we know that God saw what he said, right? So we know, we know something about the power of the tongue. We know something about death and life in the power of the tongue. Uh, but just because we know something about it doesn't mean that we're operating it the way that we should all the time. So this um, what, he's, what he's saying is there's things that may be traveling into your life that maybe as the watchman of the door we're given access to. Amen. You know, if you're a security guard at the gate, if you ever go to Washington, you ever go to the White House, <clears throat> uh, you just can't go up and say, let me in. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and if you... There's a few who try to climb the fence, and they've done all kinds of things. You'll, you'll soon find, if you don't know real fast, that they, they have security there. And uh, so they kind of control the gate. Well, see, you and I control the gate, but we have to understand the way that we control the gate is through thoughts and through words. And so what I'm talking about is your well-being. I'm talking about your health. I'm also talking about your prosperity. I'm talking about your peace. I'm talking about the destiny of your life. I, uh, <clears throat> some of you may be believing God for something uh, big to happen this year, or, you're, or uh, you're, you're looking for a fulfilled promise, and we need to understand that what we're thinking and what we're saying has everything to do with it. Psalms 39.1, the psalmist said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. Sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Now, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue and keep my mouth with a bridle. The word wicked here, if you ever ever want to look it up in the Strongs, the word wicked here refers to demons, demonic spirits, Satan or demons. 
And what are demons doing? Well, they're waiting on the words that's released through our mouth. They, that's where they perch. Whispering words of either fear or death or lack, hoping that you'll speak them. Now let's just do just a little word study here. Psalm, uh, Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs. Proverbs 21. Verse 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue will keep his soul from troubles. I like the new living on this one. It says, watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. That sounds like something grandma would say, wasn't it? She said, keep your nose clean, watch your mouth, keep your mouth shut, and boy, you stay out of trouble. Anyone ever heard something like that growing up? Well, that's where it came from right here in the Bible. How about that? Amen. Now, you're so close to it. Go back to Proverbs 13. That were made in the image of God, right? Would God just speak anything? Anytime? Just... No. Proverbs 13, verse 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Wow. The New Living says those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. This is the Bible we're talking about, right? All right. Now, we'll just... This is no exhaustive study by any imagination. Let's, let's see how, uh, let's go to, back into the New Testament, let's go to um, Hebrews and see what happens with our words. There's many scriptures you could look at, but I'm just carrying to a few places that have to do with uh, what we need to talk about tonight. Hebrews 3. Talk about where your words go. Yes, sir. Hebrews 3 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. And the high priest of our profession, same thing as confession, Christ Jesus. Now let's, let's break that down a little bit. Uh, so in this verse, we see where, when we speak words, where they go in the spirit realm. Um, when, when, in other words, when God said, let there be light, his words were contained the power, the inherent power to create light. In other words, they went somewhere to do something. Is that right? So he said, holy brethren, as a believer, that's you. And then you are the partaker of a heavenly calling. Now what's the calling? In context here is to speak the word and the will of God into the earth. 
so, holy brethren, you, you are the partaker of the heavenly calling. The calling is to speak the word and the will of God into the earth. How do you do that? Well, it says here we're supposed to consider Jesus. <coughs> to consider something means you have to think about it. You have to ponder about it, meditate upon it. Meditate on Jesus. What we need to know about that is Jesus is first, he's the apostle. What's the word apostle mean? Sent one. He was sent to us, wasn't he? Sent to save us. And he's the high priest of your profession, Jesus is. Or he's the high priest of your confession. Now the word confess or confession, same as profession, it, it just simply means to, to agree. It means to confess. It means to say the same. So when I confess the word, I'm, if I'm going to confess God's word over my life or a situation, then I, then I got to say the same thing God's saying about the situation according to his word. If I, if I speak what I feel, that can get me in a lot of trouble because we all have feelings. And we all have situations that happen to us. And sometimes we have negative feelings, right? right? But if you give voice to the negative feelings, the door becomes open wide where demons are perching looking for entrance into your life, and they do that through the authority, the believer's authority was given to you by the spoken word. In other words, you license them to work against you. And I think most everyone here knows this stuff. But you know that just because we know something, we can let the word slip. And Start giving voice to the things that we feel. So the, so the Greek word there talks about to agree or to confess or to say the same thing. So our profession of faith or your confession goes right to Jesus. Why? He's the high priest. He said, consider the high priest of your calling. Well, Jesus is our high priest. That's so, so when you say... What God's word says, he takes those words, if they agree with his words, power is released on your behalf through his word because really it's not your word, it's his word. You're just, you, you, you're just coming into agreeing about it. People say, well, I've heard this for years. They don't want to tell me this, but they'll tell somebody else this. It don't really work. Well, come talk to me about it tomorrow. I'll come live with you for about a week and, I, and I'll tell you why it don't work for you. Amen. If you'll be yourself. In other words, and that, I don't mean that's condemnation. I, 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 I'm just saying the totality, and not to be, not to be legal, uh, teach you as legalism. I'm, I'm just talking about the way that you live life. If you live, in other words, if you, if you just listen to someone talk for, for five or ten minutes, I can, tell you, I can tell you exactly what's in their heart. People say, well, you can't know what's in their heart. I can know a lot of what's in their heart. If they talk, they talk for two hours, I can tell you most of what's, what their life's like. Yeah. Why? Because the scripture says, out of the abundance of the 
the heart, whatever's abundantly in the heart, they will speak. In other words, their words, their conversation will reveal what's abundantly been stored up in their heart. And then if you're a word person, you can know if what they're saying agrees with the word of God. In other words, you'll know if God agrees with them. Well, is God going to confirm what he adamantly is against? So out of, our, out of the abundance of a heart, our mouth speaks. Uh, go to Matthew, if you will. So God says, shut the front door. Matthew 12. Verse 35 said, either make the tree good and his fruit good or make the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. A tree is known by its fruit. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it has apples, you don't say, well, you don't ever know. I mean, it could be apples today and tomorrow it could be an orange tree. Anyone believe that? No one here believes that? Well, tomorrow it could be a corn stalk. Tomorrow it could be a tomato vine. No, anyone here believe that? Thank God no one raised their hands. Well, then why would they say this? You don't ever know what God's going to do. He might be this today and that tomorrow. I mean, you got more faith in the corn stalk. Huh? Mm. Watch it. Matthew 12. So he says, he said, we'll know the tree by its fruit. <coughs> oh, generation of vipers, how could you be an evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. It speaketh, right? Next verse, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and the evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Verse 36 and 7, you've got to see this. But Jesus said, but I say unto you that every idle word, say idle if you will. Mm. Every idle word that men shall speak, they will give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you are justified, and by your words you will be condemned. New Living says the words that you say are either acquitting you or they are condemning you. Condemn means to put into bondage and imprisoned. Your words are releasing you or your words are binding you. Your words are condemning you or your words are releasing you. You can only be saved by belief in my words. Right? So how powerful is words? It brought you to salvation. If the devil could have stopped anything, he'd have stopped that. And he couldn't stop that because you had faith in your heart in the Savior and you released the spoken word of that faith towards Jesus, and you was born again 
with every demon in hell against him. And he couldn't stop them. Because God hooks up the believer with the speaker. What you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth, you put those two together and you will have what you say. Some say, well, why doesn't it work? Because you don't believe everything you say. It's not hard. You say, well, I believe. No, you, well, what, what we do a lot of times is we believe, but, we, but we're not established in the belief. I mean, we, we mentally agree that God said it. We mentally agree it's in the Word. We mentally agree that God can do anything, but we don't necessarily raw face believe that this is going to happen. It alters our belief system. And so a lot of times we say things, but when someone gets in enough trouble quick enough, they say some things sometimes, but it doesn't, it doesn't come to pass. It's because you're, you're, you're not established in it. I, I, I kind of want to go back. To, I, I do this all the time, but I'm still just highly impressed by a man named Charles Capps, who spent his whole work, a farmer who got a hold of one of Brother Hagin's books that changed his entire life. And, and spent his whole life mm -hmm. on the subject of dominion, authority, and the spoken word. Yeah. And when he, when he had fulfilled, when he felt like in his heart, he had fulfilled his destiny on earth, 2013, February 14th on Valentine's Day, he called his family in, a healthy man, he was, and he stayed healthy. I've been around him a few times. Been privileged to eat with him two or three times at a meal, and uh, but he had felt like he had fulfilled his vision and wanted and wanted to go home. Now, now, when Brother Caps would tell you a joke, he wasn't being a, legal, a legalist. He was just saying, "I don't want to just make up things." But what else? He said he he would preface it this way. He said, let me tell you a story or let me tell you a joke. Instead of just saying there once was a man, he said, the reason I do this now is because, he says, because your heart is the producer of these words. And if you put all kind of jesting in your, in your mouth all the time and you used to say this and you say that and you're making jokes all the time, he said, your heart doesn't know the difference. So when you're in a situation and you need a miracle, he said, if you're always just jesting and just saying things or just flippantly just talking about your feelings, he said, your heart won't produce that because you have not, you have not singled your word out. God can't do it in the sense that God can't just say things. If he has feelings like we do, if he just spoke like people do, this earth wouldn't last two seconds. I mean... If God releases the word, it's, it, it, well, whatever he said is just about to happen. And we're not talking about maybe in a month. We're talking about instantly. Right. And, so, uh, and so Charles Capps, and the reason I'm impressed by this is because uh, so Charles pulled all of his family together. And uh, he, uh, he told us years ago, he said, uh, I was at the table one time, and I didn't know the guy was setting us up for a joke. And they said, Brother Caps, now where do you live? The guy knew where he lived. I didn't know where he lived. He said, <clears throat> he said I live in England next to the Queen. And I was thinking, man, I thought he lived in Arkansas. 
Someone said, I thought, and that's what I said, they said, Brother Kept, I thought you lived in Arkansas. He said, I do. He said, well, you just said you lived in England next to the Queen. He said, I do. He said, I live in Eng England, Arkansas, right next to Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, next to the Queen. <laughs> well, he, uh, he pulled his family together and he said, three days, uh, I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going home. I've, I've run my course, I've finished my course, and uh, everything I've taught, said, and did, it's on, I don't know, this is my words. I mean, everything he taught, said, it's on video, it's on tape, it's on CD, it's, you know, he, it, it's, in, it's on the printed pages everywhere. He said, but I finished my course, I'm through. He wasn't sick, he wasn't in the hospital. <laughs> Uh, they said he wasn't, well, he wasn't even on any medication. He was he uh, he just turned eighty, uh, I think in January, and then he went home uh, on February the the very next month. So he he here's a healthy man, nothing wrong with him. Picture health, calls your family together, said three days I'm leaving. Now they believed him. They believed him so serious that they all came and spent time as a family together and, and said their goodbyes because they knew it was goodbye because they believed what he said. Yeah. Why? Because he built his whole life on, yeah. on, on, on speaking, yeah. controlling his mouth. So they knew when he said it, he believed it in his heart and they believed he could have what he say. I mean, you know, when you're sitting there hugging uh, someone that is perfectly healthy and they'll tell you, I'm going to go in there and close the door and lay down and I'll see you in heaven. It's like, oh, really? What, I mean, what's up with that? You're not sick. Well, see, the scripture didn't say, and when you are sick, you shall go. <laughs> right? Right. Although people do become sick. Well, so he, he told the family goodbye, and uh, he went uh, to his room, closed the door, laid in his bed, went to sleep, and uh, never came out of the room, went to heaven. On the third day. Now you say, what what pressures you about that? His whole ministry is you can have what you say. <laughs> he went to sleep next to the queen and woke up in paradise. Wow. Good word. But you didn't hear him making these flippant statements about, you know, whatever. Man, he said, that just tickles me to death. Man, I just love this to death and love that to death. You see, that's, there's, people say, well, you know, I, I think that's too, too much uh, legalistic to do that. Well, we all have sayings, I guess, and we all have sayings that, that probably aren't uh, as productive as they should be. And um, I don't, Suppose if you say, well, that tickles me to death or I love them to death or whatever. Um, I don't think if you say, I, you know, they told a joke and it was so funny and just tickled me to death. I don't think someone's going to tickle you to death. So you say, well, then why make a big deal of it? Well, it goes back to this. James says you have to train your heart. And your, your spirit is the spirit of this word. 
And when, and when we just make statements all the time, then James says what, what happens is you are deceiving your own heart. In other words, your heart don't know if it's another joke. Oh, they do that all the time. They're always this and that. But see, but then today you need to be real serious. And the heart's like, I don't know what to do with that. Is it a joke? Serious? What? Well, Charles Capps, I mean, when he spoke something, everything on the inside said, he means it, let's get with it. See what I'm saying? And so this morning he said, he said, tell him to close the door. Door's open. Enemies accessing. Now I know you know a lot of these things, and this and, and so that's just saying, take inventory. Watch, watch, and listen to what you're saying. Are you getting your information from here? Or are we speaking our feelings? You know, something comes up, an unexpected bill or whatever, or the doctor says so-and-so, and, you, and all of a sudden, those can produce feelings. They really can. Or you're, you know, you're, you, well, I got this man in front of me right here. He's going to be going to Peru for a long, taking a team with him. It's going to take, <coughs> ain't going to take $50. <laughs> ain't going to take 100 1000 ain't going to get it. 2000 ain't going to get it. 3000 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10000 ain't going to get it. It's going to take thousands, 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 thousands. Well, I mean, he could just sit there all night long. Like, where, where, where am I going to get $10,000? Where am I going to get $20,000? I mean, how in the world am I going to put coats or hats or shoes or socks or gloves or whatever on people's feet halfway across the world and buy airline tickets and hotels and meals and eat alpacas and or whatever? <laughs> I mean, you could just feel the pressure of I have to perform. I've got to do something. I, 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 you see what I'm saying? And then those who produce feelings, and then if you release those feelings, he says, demons perch wow. near the gate. What are they waiting for? Your words. Yeah. And when you release words, mm -hmm. they say, that's what's in their heart. Right. Hmm? You know the verse we all know so well that says, the devil is as a roaming lion looking for someone he may devour. How does he know? I mean, do you have to have a certain kind of haircut? <laughs> is it the how you style your hair? Is it is it the is your cologne or your aftershave or your perfume? So, oh yeah, no, I tell you what, they wear that when I get them every time. Is that what it is? No. Is it whether you can sing or not sing? So how does the devil know? He can't read your mind, can he? So how does he know who he can devour? He gets a tip off. Who's he getting it from? Us. He listens for our words. He knows what you know, what you believe, and what you know by what he hears. He knows the principle that out of the abundance, what's ever in their heart will come out of their mouth. Now, we all can make a mistake. We all can slip. We ought to, if we slip, we all say, Lord, forgive me for that. Repent of that. That's not what I meant at all. That was a crazy feeling I should never give voice to. I could just call that whole statement null and void. Strike it down. It has no power. I speak death to it. Amen. We've all had a host of things that we've said that we need to pray for a spiritual um, death to that harvest. Say, so no harvest on you. Now, here's one that you know very well. You don't have to turn there, but Revelation 12, 10 says that we overcome Satan. We overcome Satan by much prayer. We overcome Satan 
by bombarding gates of heaven to get some angels helping us. We bombard Satan if we pray a lot, if we read a lot, and if we take communion. And if you go to Sunday school, is that how you overcome Satan? No. Who, how do we overcome Satan? Revelation 12 said we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. There has to be blood. We have that in Jesus. But that's not enough. Blood's necessary, but it's not enough. We overcome by blood and by what? I never thought about this way. I just used some bloody words. Hmm? Be like an Englishman. It's like, so you think you're going to hurt me? I say, you bloody well right, you know. <laughs> Put you under my feet, you know. <laughs> In the morning, you can check on it and say, top of the morning to you, not really. <laughs> so we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the words of our testimony. Also, Revelation tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, which accuses us before God day and night. Isn't he a nice fellow? Accusing us before God day and night. <clears throat> Hallelujah. What's he doing? He's making accusations against us day and night. Remember, it's our words that condemn us are words that release us, right? Amen. Remember once again that condemn means to put in bondage or to put in prison. So if you need healing or you need a financial blessing, then you need to change your testimony. Say what God's saying in his word because he's only hearing and accepting the words that are spoken in faith. If you have anything here that needs to turn around in your life, I can tell you how to do it. Put some pressure on your tongue. Right? Amen. Put pressure on the tongue. Yes. James said that's how you do it. I mean, he likened it very well. And I know you're a trained group, so I'm not going to go into all that. Uh, we'll look at it another time. But James said he likened using a horse, as large as a horse is, 1,000 pounds or more. He said, but you can, you can change his mind with a bridle. I mean, you could put a 40-pound a kid on there who has an understanding of how to work that bridle and of a horse, put a bridle on there on a 1,200-pound on a horse, and that kid can change that horse's mind. Yep. Put enough pressure on the tongue, you're like, oh, you won't go left, I see. <laughs> horse might be thinking, right, right, right. But if you put enough pressure, he says, but we're going left. <laughs> right? <laughs> or used to, growing up, you'd say, uh, can I go do this? And your parents say no, and, uh, and you say, well, why? I say, well, what did you get as long as you live in my house? I don't have to tell you why. As long as you got your feet under my table, it'd be like this. And you kind of like jerk your feet out of the table. <laughs> yeah, you could, change, you could change the words. Ephesians 5, 6. Let's look at that one. Ephesians 5, 6. I told you I would try not to teach you anything that you didn't know. So I think I'm doing pretty good. 
I remember years ago, Brother Hagin in a meeting, he had a, there was a tongue interpretation. And I'll just tell you the, 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 what it was it, uh, in the meeting. He said, uh, the, the tongue with interpretation, uh, Jesus said, um, through the interpretation, he said, I'm not opposed to my people being rich, which means abundantly supplied. He said, oh, but I am, I am opposed to them being covetous. He said, and if they'll speak my word and speak my word only and, and faithfully and learn to be led of my spirit, he said, every one of my children will be rich. Wow. Amen. So I guess the question is, do you believe he's a prophet? Hmm? Amen. What do you think he wants us to be abundantly supplied? Yes, sir. You know, rich is a... Relative term, maybe not your relatives, but I mean it's a it's a relative term. Um, what someone one person calls rich, or people say, you know, he's got a pretty good job. Well, it depends on by whose standards. Donald Trump may not be interested. He got his hands full right now. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 6. You find it? Yes, Let no woman, oh, no, excuse me, man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now the word vain, you need to know this. Vain means empty, useless, fruitless, and worthless. You want that again? A vain word is a word that's empty, it's useless, it's fruitless, and it's worthless. So if you speak vain words, we're actually in disobedience, according to this verse. Because we started Genesis, and he said, the commandment is for you to be fruitful and multiply. That's the mandate, right? That's right. How would we do that speaking vain words? Right. Well, he knows my heart. <laughs> you know, he, he does. He knows everything. And Brother Hay, or Norman Hay said, and he, and he knows your goofed up mind. <laughs> Norman Hayes. So if I'm speaking vain words, I'm actually in disobedience to the mandate to be fruitful, to multiply and take dominion with our words. Because your words are spirit. Remember John six sixty three. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. So vain words... Or let me say it this way. Your words are spirit, and they're going somewhere to do something. Vain or empty words mock your spiritual position. Vain or empty, worthless words are mocking you in your spiritual position. Vain speaking will never bring heaven to earth. I know everything that Ronald C. Ministries needs for this trip. I'm just, he's here. I can use this example. 
everything that, that he needs for this trip, it's absolutely, he'll have every bit of it. Amen. You say, well, that's easy for you to say. It is easy. It's easy because I'm in covenant with him. It's easy because I know what he thinks. It's easy because we've spent much time praying and uh, talking about these things. <clears throat> you, you say, where's it coming from? That ain't none of my business. <laughs> so I'm staying on my business. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, if someone's going to give you a million dollars, do you care who it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> you say, well, I wanted so-and-so to give it to me. <laughs> she said, I ain't going to give you that. But some guy says, I am. Well, no, it's got to come from there. <laughs> you, you ever heard someone say, no, I don't want these earthly goods, these world's goods. I, I couldn't take that money if it went to the mafia. If the mafia had that money, I couldn't take that. I can take it and take some more of it and take a whole lot of more. Right? I know what to do with it. Right? Money don't have a personality. When it gets into our hands, it'll take on a personality. Yes. Don't want us world's goods. I've watched people years ago turn money down. <laughs> no. No, I know your, what your life's about. I ain't taking the money from you. <clears throat> you know, that's how you win people, ain't it? I know what your life's about. I ain't taking nothing from you. In other words, like the Lord's going to put a tracer on that money because you're sorry. <laughs> and I take money. From a, a sorry $100 bill from a sorry person, we're both sorry. You're not, not, that ain't sorry. They're not sorry. They're just stupid what they are. Vain. So let's don't speak vain. Vain speaking is what the devil loves. When you speak vain words that you don't really believe or don't really mean literally, you probably won't suffer any consequences from it like this. Man, I'm dying to go. I laughed till I died. I love them to death. Man, y'all killing me. Woo, that tickled me to death. Can't win for losing. I can't get ahead. That blows my mind. I'm woe out. I can't remember anything. See, I'd lose my head if it wasn't tied on. I'm broke. I'll always be broke. I take three steps forward and four steps backwards. I just don't know what to do. I'm so sick. I think I'm dying. If I didn't have bad luck... I'm a losing my mind. These kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> we ain't never going to get ahead. Don't look at me. I don't know anything. My car is a piece of... I don't... Uh, <laughs> jump. <laughs> I don't care what happens next, etc. What are those? They're all just vain words. Yeah. Now, do, do I think all oh, that's just going to happen because you said it? No, but your heart doesn't know what to do. See, James says you're deceiving your heart with these vain words, worthless words. So when then you need to speak some things and it becomes very important, your heart says, we, we, you know, we, we, just, we don't know. We, the jury's out on you. We don't know what to do with this. Sometimes you wonder why some people die that go to when they're way too young. Well, heart's not established. It's establishing something. And that's not condemnation because, you know, if you leave here and you go to heaven, it's a great day. I don't care if you're 14 years old. But it ain't necessarily a great day for someone that, that you know, that's been left here. 
No, we can't speak to this without going to Mark chapter 11. This is the, this is the uh, chapter that Brother Hagin wrote before he left. Mark chapter 11. And since I'm a Haganite and a Copelandite, which means I'm Copenhagen. <laughs> you've been called a Copen, you've been called a Copenhagen or Haganite or Copenhagen. <laughs> and they thought they were making fun of me. I said, "Well, thank you. I appreciate that." I ain't never been called a Jim Becker, right? Because <laughs> I ain't never tried to say you no survival pack. Hallelujah. I'll leave that alone. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so Mark 11, thank God the Holy Ghost put this in here. Yeah. Now watch here. In verse 13, and Jesus saw a fig tree far off having leaves. He came to this fig tree because happily he might find some figs on it. And he found nothing but leaves, for the time of fig was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Jesus did what? Said unto it. And before that, what did he do? He answered it. Well, I didn't know what to ask him, no question. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in heaven, they probably do. You know, Jesse Plants wrote the book about heaven, and he says you, you go there, and he's, he said you can walk in the flowers. He said that as you're coming up, they'll turn and look at you. I mean, I'm, yesterday I weeded a bunch of weeds. I couldn't remember planting any of them. How, how do y'all plant y'all's weeds? They come up pretty good, don't they? But I sprayed some stuff on them. And I said, I speak to you. Die and double die. You dead suckers, you. Shh. Die and double die. Shh. That's a curse. So he said he answered the fig tree. See, so, what I'm saying is some things, in your, some things that are happening in your life need to be answered. There's sometimes that you hold your mouth, you don't say anything. You just go with what you said. We can show you that from the Word. Sometimes everything that needs to be spoken has been spoken, and no matter what, that, no matter what happens against that, just sometimes the best thing to do is, I call it tick-a-lock. Just what you let. Sometimes the last thing that you said is all needs to be said. In other words, the last word standing, let it do the commanding. But there's some things need to be answered. You see this in politics right now. You know, it's a, it's a bloody sport. They said, you know, Mr. Trump, he's going to answer everybody. Well, I mean, he's topping the polls, but that don't mean he's going to make you president, right? But there might be, sometimes he'd be better just to tick it along. Right? Just let what you said, well, not even that. <laughs> let somebody else talk for you. Just say, he just needs to go with, uh, we're going to win. <laughs> we're going to. 
We're going to fire all the dumb people and hire smart ones. Hallelujah. Going to be a lot of job openings, I know that. So Jesus, he answered this thing and said, uh, no man's going to eat fruit of you hereafter. And his disciples heard what he said. Well, then they went to Jerusalem and they did what they was going to do in Jerusalem. And, and uh, they came back the very next day. And after they did what they did there, verse 19 said that when the evening was come, they came back out of the city. This is the next day, the next morning. Verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter said, I can't believe it. Man, I, that just tickled me to death when I saw that big tree dying. <laughs> he said, Jesus, I think you're going to get a ministry out of this. <laughs> now, Peter called to remembrance, said unto him, Master Jesus, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus says, it did, it worked? Golly. Let's put it in Charisma Magazine. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, tweet it and Twitter. <laughs> we'll have a tweet to Twitter. <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto him, Oh, I have faith in God. No big deal, right? He said, Oh, have faith in God. Your Bible may say, Oh, have the God kind of faith. Well, why would you tell someone to have the God kind of faith if they couldn't have the God kind of faith? Right? right? Now, why, why is this important? You're in the end times. These are the end days. Right. Have you watched the news? Some people's whole purpose of life is to, is to wipe you off the face of the earth. You need to know where you're going and if you should be there or not should be there. You need to be able to speak a word in due season to people. You need to be able to hear and speak. You're going to have enemies that are against you and they're not for you. You're going to be able to release authority, the authority of the believer. We can't do that if we're vain speaking. We can't do it if we're always jesting and playing around. Either we're going to be, you know, the word is confession or profession. I like the word profession because really what it's talking about is a professional. You know, a lot of you are a professional in your, in your, in your work your, the, the ring of your workplace. You're considered a, a professional. Why can't we be professional speakers? That's good. I don't mean speakers and orators. I'm, I'm talking about professional at speaking right. this word. Exactly. Hmm? Not, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about agreeing with God and, and speaking and declaring. He's, he's watching over, Jeremiah said, he watches over his word. Right. Notice he didn't say, the Lord is watching over your feelings. He said he sent his word to heal. He didn't say he sent better feelings. Well, I don't know if I'll be healed or not because I don't feel any better. He, he didn't say he sent better feelings. He said he sent his word. Right. But better feelings will follow. Exactly. Now, let me continue with this right here. and I'm trying to stay with this thing pretty fast, isn't it? Of teaching you something that you already know. We were on verse what? Peter, right? Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Yeah. Now, would you read that with me, the whole verse? Verse 23, ready? One, two, three, read. For verily I say unto you, that whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith, period. You believe that? Amen. <clears throat> Listen to this in the New Living. Just a little twist of words. <clears throat> then Jesus said to his, uh, verse 23, let me find it. I tell you the truth. Of course it is, Jesus. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and not have doubt in your heart. But you must believe it and not have doubt in your heart. Now, this, this is the difference. Well, I've been going to this church, and I, I read this confession book. I bet I've read that verse 14 times. Ain't nothing happened. You read it 14 times. <laughs> What'd that take? About three minutes? And, and you know, it, it, it hadn't happened yet. So obviously that don't, that don't work. Well, have you ever seen your brain? You believe you got one, don't you? Uh, we wouldn't want to discard that, right? So when the word's spoken, it, it goes directly to and towards that what you're declaring it if it agrees with the word. It starts going to work. It's a production. Your heart is the production center. So watch here. Because your salvation was, it was based on this. You had to believe it and then say it. Right? You had to believe it, and then you had to say it. Someone said, well, you know, I, I, I'm just being real honest with you. I do believe, I do believe the Word. I do believe God. I, I, I do believe this is true because it's in the Word. But I'm having a hard time believing that in, in here. That's okay. We, we've all been there. We're all there in some measure right now. How do you handle that? What do you do with that? You keep on speaking this word, establishing your heart with it, meditating on this word, and it develops your belief system. And develop your belief system and develop your belief system. If a man told his wife every day that she was beautiful and she was whatever and all these wonderful things, and he told her every day of his life, and she missed, he missed one day in 14 years. She, she'd get ready to leave, and she said, and there's something, I got, I got to go. I'm, something you need to tell me, I got. <laughs> <clears throat> but what would she believe concerning that about him, the, the husband? She would believe what he consistently spoke to her, right? Would she, would she question after 14 years if this was a consistent thing? No, and so anything that we that we take the time to meditate and ponder and purposely put into our heart, 
That's what the word meditate means, to think about, to ponder, to establish something, to, to mutter, to, to M-U-T-T-E-R, mutter, to speak and to declare and, and to decree. These things are things that are going into your heart to, uh, to establish certain things. I've done it both ways. I remember one time I was, uh, old story, you didn't hurt too many times, but just uh, I was believing God for a healing and man, I'm, I'm teaching healing all the time. I'm teaching on power of words all the time. 15 years ago, a whole lot. 10 years ago, a whole lot. Faith, a whole lot. A whole lot. But you know, I was young enough, I didn't really have any medical problems. And uh, one day I just picked up a few hundred pounds of a lawnmower and just threw it to one side by myself and I picked it up and it went and everything was fine. But that afternoon I developed a little something they called a hernia. Y'all know what that is? I didn't know what it was, but I went and had someone look at it and they said, yep, that's what it is. And I said, well, can you take anything for it? They said, yeah, surgery. I said, surgery? Oh, no, I don't want to do surgery. And they said, well, that's, that's what you do. I said, well, won't it just, and then they explained to me, this is just your, you know, like the intestines, and you've tore the, the intestinal wall. It's got a little rip in it, and, and what's protruded right there is intestines, which is not really that healthy, and a lot could go wrong. And I said, really? I said, well, won't it just kind of sew itself back up after a while? You know, like if I cut myself, and it, it, it'll finally come together and scab over. They said, not like you think. And I says, they said, so the only thing you can do is surgery. Hmm. So knowing what I know about healing, I just said, and I did believe it. I just said, I didn't, I didn't take no time. I just said, I didn't just slap myself like that. Because if you slap yourself, you needed something to go in. And so I said, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. So I went, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Because it hurt to go down and, and tie your shoes. I don't care if you're skinny or full gospel. It hurt to bend over. And so I did that three or four times, and I was getting no better soon or later. So after about two weeks, I went and I just prayed about it. I said, Lord, what's, something's going on here or something's not going on here. I just know in my heart that this is, I'm off. And I said, what's, what's wrong? He said, you're not, you haven't properly meditated the word for your, for your own healing. You believe it here, but, you don't, but it's, it's, not, it's not in here. Yeah, you, you know it's true here, he said, but it's not here, it's not yours. He said, in the Bible, it's mine, but you ain't made what's mine yours. Does that make sense? I mean, I know they have parachutes. I know people jump out of planes. Maybe you've done that. I believe that can happen. I've seen it happen. I ain't jumped out of none of them. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Looks fun. Would want a few lessons. Wouldn't you? If you'd never done it? Some of y'all, that still wouldn't. <laughs> It'd be like a cat trying to get him in, in a bathtub, like, <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> 10,000 feet up. <laughs> I'd be holding that button wherever it is, you know, the whole time. I'd be saying, where's the backup button? Where's the backup, backup button? <laughs> Where's the water, the big trampoline? Just in case. <laughs> I would want to be established. How many of you jumped out of a plane 10, 20,000 feet? You'd want to be established in how to work that parachute. Right? That's what I'm talking about. So it's in the manual, but the, 
There it is. It's in the manual, but is the manual in you? Come on now. Do a line jump. Do a what? A line jump. What's that? Yeah. And it goes into the plane, and when you jump off, you go so far, and it automatically pulls it for you. Ah. Uh -huh. See there? You're going down. Knowledge. <laughs> you're going down. And it'll pull it for you, so if you get confused, it, you're going. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 look, it looks fun. It's like hot air balloons. We used to live, when we lived in Tulsa, going to Rama, in our neighborhood every now and then on Sundays. They have these big, beautiful hot air balloons, and I mean, I don't know where they took off, probably not too far from there, because they would just be, man, I just thought if I had a little dart gun, I could take you down. <laughs> I mean, that was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's how my mind was thinking. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, they were, they were I mean, this big, beautiful, colorful balloon, and they were just kind of getting up. It looked like it was about, a, I don't know, 100 feet over the house at that time. And they would rise and rise as they go forward. That looks fun, but don't know how to operate one. But it would be in the manual. But is the manual in you? So when you're dealing with life and death, yeah. you know, when Barbara had her situation with Philip, you know, he had his situation, and the doctor said, we think it's this. We don't know if it's this. We can't take time to test it to see if it's this. Because if we take time to test it to see if it's this, and then we give them the drugs and minister to be too late because everyone who's had this so far has died within the first two hours. There ain't no time for no prayer chain. There ain't no time to get some people up. You need to know something. Exactly. It ain't time to run, see if you can find your Charles Caps book at the house. Exactly. Somewhere behind the peanut butter jar. I mean, you, you need to have that in you. That's right. See what I'm saying? And it needs to be somewhat established. Exactly. It's not legalism. It's just this, this is the truth. Exactly. And the truth can set you or somebody else free if you can operate and appropriate truth. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. And so that's the difference. So when they came back, he said, have faith in God. And, and he said, you can have what you say. So he said, you must really believe it will We'll close right here. You must really believe it will and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, now listen to this. I tell you, Jesus said, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Did you hear how he put that? You can pray for anything. If you believe you received it, New Living Translation says, it shall be yours. Now, did he say you was presently looking at it? No. Did he say it manifested at that moment? No. But you really believe it's yours, right? Yes. Well, what would that do with your words? What would that do with your body language? Hmm? Wouldn't, your, wouldn't your appearance and your body language and your words take on a certain, see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you really believe something in your heart? Right? You know, it just, it's like ordering something and wait for it to come in. Then they send you a little text that so-and-so was just shipped out so-and-so, and it'll give you two days, it'll be at your address, right? Do you sit there and think, oh, I don't know. 
Because I, you know, I just don't know. I know it says it, and I know it's always happened, but I just don't know. I really want this. And, but I just got a feeling it may not. Maybe they didn't ship it. Maybe I ain't worthy of the order. I know they took my card and they took my money, but maybe I still ain't worthy. Or, you know, maybe the postman is, maybe they took off. Maybe they can't find my house. Maybe I got a mean postman, postwoman. Some of them are mean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Leave me tip every now and then. They might like you a little bit better. But, you know, you, you don't ever think like that, do you? Or you just read and says, oh, we're gonna, it's going to be here Thursday. Right? Yeah. That's how we're supposed to do it. Oh, it's going to be here Thursday. Not that we know the day. I'm just saying our, our, our whole mentality and our, and our body language changes because I really believed it. That's why I said it. Exactly. And that's why I'm rejoicing. Right you know, and uh, I've had a few times some major things have happened through the years and someone said, well, <clears throat> I remember someone telling me one time, they said, I, I just really thought you'd be more excited about it than when it happened than what you are. I said, I'm plenty excited. I said, well, you just don't look like you are. I said, oh, <clears throat> well, that's because you weren't with me two months ago when I settled it. Because I was having me a show enough barn, harbor, brush meeting, throw down, excited party when I didn't see nothing. But that's when I settled it in my heart that I had it. And so I really wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, Peter was surprised. He said, look. <laughs> he pointed out, God, it works. I mean, did you know what you said what happened? And Jesus didn't say, it is. <laughs> he didn't. Matter of fact, Jesus said, you can do this to anything. And he used nine words. Wow. He spoke to the fig tree with nine words. We're trying to unload the whole Charles Castle book on it. <laughs> I went down to Garrison Farms. I go every year. He used to have to have two or three of them, spray weeds. Fully concentrated, pretty cheap, works really good. Called a racer, mate. If, 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 if you go by some, tell them I sent you. After a while, they should give me some free. But anyway, and use about two and a quarter cups, two quarter, two and a half, whatever, to a gallon. So you can spray a lot. I mean, you can spray for two, three, it depends how much you got to spray. But you just don't spray the whole thing in one place. I don't have a big tank. I got a 15 gallon tank. I hook up to my golf cart and I just ride, I ride and spray. <laughs> <laughs> because for years I was doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, I can tell. <laughs> when I got that golf cart, someone said, You ought to get one of the sprays to hook up to you. I said, What do you do? He said, Hook it to your batteries. I said, Oh. <laughs> I filled that bad boy up and mixed up the thing, and I just rolled, die, die, die. But you just don't unload the whole thing. You know, right here, right? Like if you're going to fertilize your grass, you know, and you go get 300 pounds of triple eight, 13, you don't put it all in an eight by eight area, do you? You'll get a result. It'll burn it up. <laughs> You're supposed to scatter it around a little bit, right? Yeah. So, he said, close the door. Close the door.
Some doors you may need to open. But what I heard was there's doors that's open that needs to be closed. Hallelujah. All right. Well, now we're going to receive a million-dollar offering. I say that on Wednesday until I believe it in one day. Someone will call me on Thursday doing the offering and say, Pastor West, you need to come to the church. And I'll say, what for? They say, a million-dollar offering. And I'm going to say, See y'all next month. Well, I know what you're thinking. Now, can I use all them jesting words? Are you telling me I got to skip April Fool's Day? You can say, "Boy, you ugly." Or you could say, boy, you're a good looking thing. (laughs) (laughs) And that may be where the wisdom lies. Tickle (laughs) off. Y'all ready? Hallelujah. What are we going to say about this seed right here? Well, the scripture calls your offering a seed. Hebrews says that here men, women, people on earth take and receive the, the tithe, the offering. Men here on earth do that, natural men. The word natural just means natural. It means people who live and die receive it for him. Hebrews says as high priest, but there he receives that. Now what you need to know is this. I think you know this. He doesn't actually receive that envelope or that check or that cash. And because uh, if you ever write checks and you get a bank statement, you'll notice it came back to you, right? So what, if he doesn't receive the cash or the check, what does he receive? Well, the one thing he's looking for, faith in God. The only thing he's concerned about is what you say about what you're doing right now with what purpose. So there he receives the tithe, but he receives the faith of the matter. Hmm? See, if, if I have a broke spirit, if I think broke, if I talk broke, if I live broke, and if I act broke, then I can go obey Luke 6.38, which is given, it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, second, get it running over. I can obey the action of Luke 6.38, but never live in it because I hadn't changed this to go with my action so I don't get the proper response. You'd be better just to take the time, whatever time it takes, to change this, to renew the mind, to think like this, to get the proper action so that when I sow the seed, I'm thinking just like him to get the proper result. 
Amen. So we declare in the name of Jesus that our need, every need in the house has been supplied to the full according to his riches and glory, not yours, in Christ Jesus, that we're fully funded and we're fully supplied in Christ. You believe that? And by grace, by grace, not by our ability, not by our might, but by his ability and by his might, we put authority and we release our faith in the name of Jesus right now for increase, for those who are believing you to be debt-free, bills paid off, debts increased in the name of Jesus, who are looking for promotions and ideas and witty inventions, uh, declaring the favor of God in the name of Jesus to be released in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen.